So many wonderful elements to our service this morning. So many people involved. Thank you, Robert, our special guest this morning, and everyone that's participated. Um, Advent reading and the choir. Just uh, all these things put us in remembrance of why we're here and uh, the incredible importance of the birth of the Savior. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just bow for a moment here. Father, we thank you for the ability to come together today on this uh, day that we celebrate the birth of your Son. Lord, the, the most incredible gift to us. We pray, Lord, that once again, that story of the gospel will warm our hearts, will fill us, Lord, with peace and with joy and with hope. And Lord, that you would cause that to spill out of us and reach next door, across the street, across the aisle, across the desk, Lord, uh, not only during the Christmas season, but all year through. And we give you thanks, and we give you praise for it all. In your awesome name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know when they started. I didn't really keep track that close. But somewhere in the last 50 years, somebody came up with the idea of gift bags. Okay? Gift bags. Now, this, gift bags are nice, really nice for a couple of reasons. First of all, if you're all thumbs when it comes to wrapping, I'm not quite that bad, but I do have to cob some things up towards the end sometimes. Uh, usually ends up working halfway decent, but at least I don't fill all of my gifts with so much tape that uh, people have, never mind, I'm not going there. My mom, my mom was terrible. By the time you got the tape off, it was after New Year. But anyway, <laughs> love you, Mom. Oh. But the other thing about gift bags is uh, you almost expect with a gift bag that there's something else in there, right? You, you reach in, and you, I should put this up a little bit. So you, you, you reach in the gift bag, and you take something out, and you, you reach in and go, oh, look at this. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a nice one. And you kind of invariably reach in and go, oh, there's more. And there's, I mean, don't you just love that feeling when you reach in it and there's another one in there, right? So in my bag, I've got a few this morning to kind of illustrate uh, that this is really kind of like the Christmas story, right? Uh, we're probably all familiar with the account in Luke chapter 2. There they are, the shepherds on the hillside watching their flocks by night. And all of a sudden, there's the angel and the heavenly hosts. And, and this angel proclaims a message. You know, good news of great joy. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. That's the message. Today, a Savior is born. Christ the Lord. But what does that mean? Right? What does that actually mean? Not only to them in that day, but more importantly for us, what does that mean to you and I? So I want to go past 
uh, Luke chapter 2 this morning and go to Luke chapter 4 where Jesus is reading the prophecy from Isaiah uh, about himself. So let's look at that this morning. I'm going to entitle the message, Unwrapping the Good News. Unwrapping the Good News. Jesus walks into the synagogue. He unrolls the scroll of Isaiah the prophet, and he begins to read uh, Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. That means he has both called me and empowered me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So here is Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, and he's outlining the message that he's going to be proclaiming for the next three and a half years or so. right? Proclaiming the things that God is going to accomplish through him. Why did this baby come? Why Why is this good news of great joy? Because these are the things that I'm going to do. And though we can probably... um, make applications in the natural physical sense for example where he says good news to the poor okay jesus will at at a point talk about god's provision won't he um if if the lilies are clothed like this how much more are you worth than that and how much more will god take care of you he did bring that kind of good news to the poor but i believe that the heart of his message here is not physical but spiritual. And it not only applied to his audience, it very much applies to us today and in every generation. So verse 18, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. What does that mean? Well, this word poor in the Greek means pertaining to being poor and destitute implying a continuous state. So we're talking about spiritual poverty here. All of us in the human race being separated from God by our sins, unable by our own willpower to keep the law of God. We all fall short of being righteous. Amen? Unable to pay our debt to God. We are poor. We are spiritually destitute with no human way out the good news is that jesus would pay that debt on the cross that he would take our sins upon himself and the penalty that went with it so that you and i could be made righteous before god welcomed as god's beloved children forever like like huge sum of money right given to the poor we have been given spiritual means through jesus to not only get out of debt with god but to thrive then spiritually to live what jesus would call an abundant life in relationship to god we have gone from poor destitute spiritually to riches beyond imagination. Good news to the poor. You may recall Zacchaeus. 
Thank you, sir. You may recall Zacchaeus, the wee little man. Short people got no. <clears throat> anyway, um, I used to love that song. No, not. He was he was rich, Zacchaeus, right? Uh, monetarily, he was a very very wealthy man, but a pauper spiritually, wasn't he? He had this lavish, ungodly lifestyle, but no peace in his heart, no joy. But when he encountered Jesus, he was transformed. He found great joy in making restitution, in then giving extra, right, to the poor. Jesus said, surely salvation has come to this house. And the good news is that salvation through Jesus is open to all of us spiritual Offers. Good news to the poor. Number two, Jesus said, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to the captives. Here again, we're not talking about those literally in chains. But how many know that you and I can have other chains around us that hold us captive? Chains created by past experiences. Things that have happened that have left us with vulnerabilities, with fears, with depression, mistakes that have led to feelings of despair or inadequacy, wounds that have left us bitter, coping mechanisms that have led to bad habits, and deep addictions that we just can't seem to shake, captives to this or that. The good news is, Jesus said, freedom for the captives. The good news is, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. When you and I come to Christ, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, there is a new presence in our lives. One who assures us time and time again that we are valuable, we are valued, we are loved. One who comes to us and heals our wounds and gives us strength and courage. We have a new power working in us, transforming us from the inside out. No longer bound by the chains of the past. No longer bound by our human limitations. We're only as limited as God is for what He wants us to do. We have a new hope that He will lead us into all He has for us. And God is not hindered by your past. Amen? So neither are you. In Jesus, there is freedom for the captive. Not overnight. Not overnight. That kind of freedom comes as you and I read and meditate on the Word of God, as we pray through these things, as the revelation of truth comes to our hearts, as we gather people around us to pray with us and for us. Okay? I don't want, I don't want to say, oh yeah, you received Jesus and all of a sudden, snap. No. Sometimes. And I can I can testify, you know, one of the very first miracles that I saw 
And I, and I hate to say this, but when I came to Christ, I had a mouth like a trooper. Every second or third word, you know, it was, it was nasty. That was one of the things that God instantaneously did in my life overnight. But not everything happened overnight. There were things that I had to walk through and work through and pray through. But I can tell you that there is freedom for the captives. If, you, any, if anybody wants to talk more about that uh, personally with me, I would be glad to... Uh, got some great uh, materials, scripture verses, and, and different things. Um, but we do have that hope of deliverance. Things do not have to stay the way they are. All things can become new in your life and mine. Yet, in one fell swoop, oh, excuse me, lost my place here. Also, verse 18, recovery of sight to the blind. You know, all of us have experienced some degree of spiritual blindness, right? One place or another with all the man-made philosophies out there and religions to choose from. Uh, I know for me personally, I still have blind spots in my life. Can I get an amen? There are things that I don't understand or have not come into the understanding of yet. I have biases that I need to get around. I have, you know, things that I've thought for a long time, maybe from family background or whatever. You know, I don't walk in perfect light. It's available to me through the through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, but I still have blind spots. I need to uh, come into more light. Yet, in one fell swoop, when we come from to faith in Christ, we do pass from darkness into light, don't we? In, in the most incredible way, in the largest way possible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Through him, our eyes become opened to the truth, that there is a God in heaven, that he loves us, that we... Uh, we're born in sin, that we can't save ourselves, that Jesus died on the cross for us, and that when we re look to Him in faith, we can become born again. We can become adopted by God, reconciled to Him, saved, and on our way to heaven. You know, the biggest truth of all happens rather quickly. Rather quickly. Our eyes are open. Darkness to light. Through Jesus then, meeting Him, knowing Him, walking with Him, our sight is more and more recovered, isn't it? What else comes through Him? It said, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. King James says bruised. The Greek literally here means to choke. Um, the Greek dictionary says it means to oppress or cause hardship. Uh, when I thought about this, I, I picture like the Taliban, okay? Uh, they, they not letting women be educated. They're, they're choked. They're held down, if you will, right? Um, by a power that's greater than them that they can't overcome. Spiritually speaking, Satan is called the god of this world, small g, isn't he, in the Bible? Why? Because when Adam and Eve decided way back 
to listen to him and not God and thus join in his rebellion against God, they and the human race came under his authority. He became the God over this world. He rules over the system of this world, a system that is fueled by greed and pride and selfish desire and fear and insecurity. And he and his lying demonic forces use these things against us to do what? To choke us, to hold us down, to keep us in darkness, to keep us to, from fulfilling what God created us for, which was to know him, love him, walk with him, be filled with him, and reflect his image in the world. But since Satan has this legal authority over us because of our sin, okay, just like people break the law and they go to prison, they come under the authority of the warden and his guards, you kind of get the picture there. But Jesus, again, taking our sin, taking the consequences of that sin on the cross, he broke that authority so that we can now, again, live the life that God has for us. A life of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. Right? All that fruit of the Spirit. In Christ, Colossians 2.13 says, God made us alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Christ. And finally, verse 19, God anointed Jesus to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You and I, are living, despite what else is going on in this crazy world of ours, you and I are living in the year or the time of God's favor. Whatever else it is, we are living in the most incredible time. Before Christ went to the cross, they didn't have what we have. Someday, when, when, when all this is over, it's going to be over. Right now, we're in the age of grace. We are in the time or the year of the Lord's favor. A time where we can come through faith in Jesus and receive forgiveness of sins, receive adoption as children of God, receive healing in our hearts, freedom from captivity, our eyes open to truth, deliverance from oppression, the promises and provision of God for our lives. The grace of God has come. It is open to us in this season. And to our friends, and to our neighbors, and to our co-workers. This is the time of God's favor. This is the time that the door of Christ is wide open to whosoever will come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like goodwill toward men. Amen? The baby born in the manger, the Savior who is Christ the Lord. He has come. We've unwrapped this good news of the gospel to see many gifts 
open for you and me through this incredible gift of love called Jesus Christ. So, once again, as our Advent candle asked, uh, reading asked this morning, have you, or you online, or listening to me wherever, have you received that gift of God's love? Have you taken advantage of the year of the Lord's favor that is open to you, His arms open wide? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, once again, we are, we are just in awe that You would open so much grace to us who were undeserving in ourselves, Lord, in rebellion against You, self-serving in one way or another, broken how many commandments one way or another, Lord, and yet You have opened up to us this year of Your favor that we can come not in our own uh, strength, not in our own good deeds, but by faith in Jesus Christ, we get it all. Thank you, Father. Just pray, Lord, even now, that you would touch the hearts of anyone who has not opened that door of their heart to you and invited you in. And if that's you this morning or at the sound of my voice, Now's the time. Do you hear him knocking? Open that door. Just say, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you in my life. I, I, I want to know these promises that you've made to me. I want to I receive these blessings that you have for me. So I lay it down, Lord. My, my, my pride, my independence from God, my trying to do it all myself, Show me the way, Lord. Come into my heart, Jesus. Teach me what it is to know you and walk with you all of my days. And I thank you for it. While our heads are still bowed, if that's anyone here, uh, just, just lift up your eyes and catch mine here this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, once again, just ask your blessing on your people this Christmas season, Lord. We've, we've got so much to be thankful for, even whenever, as Kate said this morning, when everything doesn't work out perfect. We have so much. May we overflow with love and kindness and goodness, uh, not only now, but uh, all through the year for your praise and for your glory. We thank you for it. Through Jesus we pray. All God's family said, amen.